The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for the 2016 Twin Cities Project. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. We're going to kind of take a couple minutes here, reflect on on the weekend and and just things that maybe God taught you or reminded you of, challenged you with. And then we're going to talk about now what? With what we've we've heard, what we've learned, what we've seen, what we've experienced. So uh, let's let's just open a prayer. Father, thank you for this weekend and thank you for this group. It's it's been fun to be with them and uh, and get to know them. And Lord, I appreciate their heart, um, their desire to know you and, and, and their desire to know the word. I pray this morning, as we uh, said at the beginning of the weekend, at the end, we're going to talk about what does it look like to engage in your work. And so I pray that uh, just as we close things out here this morning, uh, you meet with us, God, and, and we would uh, just take those things that, that we've learned and seen, the things you've taught us maybe over the weekend, and think about what it means. What do we do with that? And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, there, number one. It says, during your time at Engage Global, we've explored God's word. Take time to list two or three discoveries you've made about God's story from his word. So think about the time we spend in the word, last couple of days. Just list two or three things that maybe God taught you, God reminded you of, stood out to you, and then we'll, we'll share that a little bit, and then we'll, before we go on to number two. So just take a few minutes and write. If you want to share something that Lord spoke to you about from his word or showed you, taught you, anybody. I think it's just amazing to me, like when we were going through the first day, just how like unified the book. Uh, unified the Bible is and from start to finish and like the theme of enjoying my grace and extending my glory just Genesis to Revelation I thought that was really amazing mm-hmm. yeah it changes things when we see it as a story mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. good someone else mm-hmm. 
I think in this, like the story about Paul, it gave me like specific ways that I can share the gospel. I used to think that like I was just supposed to go and figure it out while I was there, but I feel like the Bible like is more instructive than I like realized mm -hmm. it was about like ways to witness. Mm -hmm. uh, good, good. Someone else. And in that, in that story, too, um, how the sustaining motivation for Paul was um, God's name, God's glory, and worship to him. And, and like, yes, he felt compassion on the people, but that's not like why he told them. Mm. Because that's, like, nice and good, but not, like, sustaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's for God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my name. Good. Someone else. I thought it was really cool like to be reminded of how we're supposed to spread across the nations, but just how that traces back all the way to the beginning mm -hmm. with like even the three initial rebellions and just kind of how it's not just those two or three verses that we think of, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's so much bigger than that. Yeah, next time somebody says, Give me some missions verses from the Bible. That's <laughs> what the story's all about. I can't, I can't just give you a few verses. It's what the story's about. Yeah, good. Good. Number two, it says, during your time at Engage Global, we've also explored God's world. Take time to list two or three discoveries you've made concerning the remaining task in God's world. So same thing. Uh, through the things we learned about his world and, and, and out exploring his world, what are two or three things that God has shown you? I think before coming here, I thought it was impossible to like save all the nations, but I think like going to the market today, I realized that like it's more challenging like when you just don't even try. Like there are people here that I don't ever pay attention to, and it's like there's no excuse for me to be like, oh, I'm never gonna go overseas. I don't need money. Like uh -huh. I don't have to have any money to go talk to someone. <laughs> it's not hard. It doesn't cost you to go to the market, right? No. And meet people. Yeah. <coughs> Good. Yeah. Go ahead and write. Yeah, take time. Write. Write down. Then we'll have you share in a couple minutes. I like that, Jen. It doesn't cost any money to go talk to people. <laughs> Toss your time, a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. That's it. Maybe a price of a chai tea. <laughs> Sit down. Somali tea and talk to somebody. A few more of you want to share what is God showed you from his world. Anybody? I think something that I've been thinking through is how kind of in our minds and when we think about different cultures, we make that a big barrier to getting to know other people. It's like, oh, we're so different. Like, 
I can't break down that barrier like going to talk to you somebody who is Somali is going to be really hard and challenging but that's also like just going to the market and stuff yesterday it's a really natural bridge because being really frank and open and honest and you're like hey what is this all about like oh I noticed that this is happening what is it it's such an easy bridge to get to talk to people they want to share yeah. It makes it more easy because you don't know anything about them, so you have all kinds of questions yeah. to ask, right? So it's, it's easy to get conversation going and build a friendship. Good. Good. Someone else? Yeah, I just wrote that there were lots of bridges, more than I thought. Mm. Mm. Good. I like that. So it's not going to end after this week. Mm -hmm. You guys are here, and they're here. Good. Someone else? There's really important things we can learn from both Hindu religion and from Muslim religion, as far as like Muslims are um, really faithful and loyal, and mm. Hindus understand how to worship, and they do worship, but uh, it's hard seeing the, the losses of what they're worshiping and yeah. um, what they they thought was a, was a true God, but not a God that was seen as righteous or um, was unconditionally loving or showing grace, mm -hmm. but a God you couldn't be personal with. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Someone else? Anyone? I was struck by just the opportunity that we have while we're living here in Minneapolis um, and all of the different people groups that are here and places that we've never been to that we've been to this weekend. Because mm -hmm. um, I was talking to some people at dinner and just saying like it feels like we're somewhere else, like not in <laughs> Minneapolis because this isn't our regular life. Uh -huh. But just to realize that as we, if like if God's called us to be here for right now, to really fully engage in what he has right here mm -hmm. and then also just being open to if he calls any of us to go to any of the unreached places of the world but for now just um really like taking full advantage of that opportunity mm -hmm. yeah we have no excuse right it's mm -hmm. the right here yeah and the opportunity good all right so we've explored god's world word his world and now we need to talk about his work and how do we engage in his work. It says, now that we've explored God's world and God's, God's word and God's world, you must explore God's work and engage in it. People who engage in God's work are called world Christians. A world Christian there, you see that longer definition is people who understand God's heart for the world and strategically live their lives in such a way that wherever they are, whatever they do, they're striving to see him glorified among the nations. So kind of what you just said, Sarah. And so we kind of at Engage Global say it, it, world Christians are people who know the story and live the story. Um, and so to help remind you to do that, we've got uh, wristbands. All right. Now, when you're wearing that, somebody looks at and says, what's that mean? Live the, know the story, live the story. Oh, let me go. But first got to run and find a string. All right. So turn your, turn your page to page 36. And so it says the title of world Christian is not given based on someone's location, although they're willing to go over God may ask, but it's based on their lifestyle. And this lifestyle is lived out through habits. 
You may major in one and minor in the others during different seasons of your life, but someone who is working on living a world Christian lifestyle will strive to continually be growing in all areas. And uh, Dan's going to come up and kind of walk us through these five habits and uh, what that looks like here in Minneapolis. And then leaves the process. Morning, everybody. After Ishtar. All right. So what we're going to do is just kind of define, um, we're going to put five things up on the board, then I'm going to hand you guys a card and kind of find out where you guys are at. And then we're going to put specific steps in each of these five columns. You guys are then going to um, write down a couple of those things for you guys for action steps of what what life is like for you guys uh, in TCP, uh, Bethlehem, in your church, or wherever you guys may be. You guys can kind of see there's five definitions there. We'll walk through those in just a second. But as we find, um, as we've had hundreds of people come through, we kind of find that people are in three different places um, after a weekend like this. And so the first one um, is kind of like, I'm curious. This is the first time that I've heard this message before. This is the first time I've seen this thread from, from Genesis to Revelation 1 story. And I just need to kind of investigate this a little bit more. I need to do a little bit more further study in the Bible, find some books that talk about this, or find, find a group to kind of walk through this with. Um, the next one is kind of, I'm convinced that I have a, a part to play in God's global plan. And then that begins involvement. And this is kind of our involvement steps, a lot of these here. We'll walk through that. And then the last one is, I'm committing to go to an unreached people group. And that's a long-term commitment where uh, we're looking to send people long-term so that we can see the task remaining finished. And we can see that, that beautiful picture at the end, right, in Revelation 7, 9, 10, where all nations, all tribes, all people, all tongues, worshiping the Lamb of God before the throne, right? Pretty cool. So I'm going to hand these out, and I'm have you guys not do anything else but check one of these three boxes over here, okay? And then we'll walk through this, and we'll go through a few other things, and then we'll fill out this part down here, and you'll put your name. And then after that, we're going to give all these to Nick. Uh, we're going to make a copy, give them to Nick, and then he's going to follow up with you guys accordingly. I'm going to follow up with him, and we're just going to help you guys to take those next steps to, to what God is calling you guys to this morning, okay? So I'll pass these around. and then we'll have everybody just kind of share what you're what you're going through okay but yeah that, that just kind of helps 
for us to help you guys over this, this next little bit of time, just to be able to help you to find out what are things that now that I can do that I'm in this place of investigation, or I'm involved, or I want to get more involved, and, and these are some things that we can do with that. Okay? Does that sound good? So, if we turn to that next page, we're going to just talk through kind of these three columns. You can keep it open. If you want to keep it open like this, this will help you guys out a little bit, because we'll get into these five in just a minute. But if you're at that investigate place in life, just want to walk through some possibilities for you guys. Um, there's some really great resources out there for those of you who check that box that I think would be great next steps for you guys. And so one of them is this book right here. It is called Live Life on Purpose by Claude Hickman. And what it does is it basically goes through God's word, God's world, and God's work just like we did this weekend, but in a little bit more extensive fashion. There's a little bit more things to chew on, stuff that maybe we didn't say, adding to kind of God's global plan through the story. So this is a great resource. We have them here for $5. If you go online, I think they're 17. Um, so if you want to get a copy, it'd be great to get them here if you guys have that, that access to that resource. Um, there is also on our website, um, if you wanted to like get a small group together, a few people to go through this. There's a, a study guide that's on our webpage and our resource page that is a free PDF for you guys to turn off and you guys can walk through that. Um, there's a really good book by Bob Shogren. Um, it's listed as, I want to see, oh, we've changed it in the book, God's Bottom Line. Um, it's an amazing book that, that walks and talks about, um, really explains this really well. Enjoy my grace, extend my glory. So top line theology and bottom line theology. Am I a cat or am I a dog? Do I say, God, you love me, you, 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 you feed me, you take care of me, I must be God. It's kind of the cat's thought and a dog's thought is, God, you love me, you feed me, I love you, God. You're so amazing, you're so loving to me to be able to do that kind of thing. All right? So it's a really, really good book. Um, I'd recommend it to anybody at the investigate stage as well. Um, anybody like to read stories about people, biographies? Um, there's a lot of really cool missionary biographies out there. Um, I would imagine that Bethlehem has a very strong access, having access to a lot of those possibly. You guys have a library? Yeah. 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 So if you have a library, it just there's amazing books I would imagine that you can check out. Um, so find a missionary to read and to, to kind of walk through and go through that. Um, and then how many people have taken perspectives? I think there's about four or five of you. I remember a couple of you from class. You know? um, they run typically from like January to May uh, in this region, in this area, in Minneapolis. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if Hope's going to host it again, but probably thinking about Bethlehem, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think we're trying to get into Bethlehem this, this semester in January. So keep your eyes open for that. It'd be a great way for you guys to investigate those next steps of what God's doing. And then on our website, um, there's a ton of other websites. Joshua Project, which you guys have had a little taste of. We'll talk a little bit more about. Um, 
just tons of resources for you to begin to look and see what the bigger picture of this story is for, for all of us. All right. So those are kind of some things that you can think of of, of those of the, you that are investigating. Even if you're in involvement or in going, these are great things for you guys to, to continue that education to figure out what God's doing um, in this global purpose for his plan for all nations to come and worship him. Um, so yeah, so on page, was it 36 in your books? Um, so when we talk about involvement, we want to kind of pool resources that you guys already have in access to at Bethlehem, at um, TGC, at different things that you guys are doing all together. Um, also at your own local churches and also on your local campuses, because I know that there's, what, three or four different schools here at least represented. And so trying to find those things. And so we're going to go ahead and just kind of put all of that up on the board, um, help you guys to say, wow, there's a lot more than I thought that I could get engaged with and involved with. And that's pretty easy. It was pretty easy for me to go to the market and do that thing. Now, what if I were to be a welcomer within that school or do something like that? Okay. So um, if somebody wants to read the praying, uh, the habit of a world Christian praying, <clears throat> Someone who takes on the burden to pray for specific cross-cultural goers, for unreached people groups, and for more laborers to go to go and spread the good news of Jesus where it's never been heard. Yeah, that's a big, big deal. Um, prayer is the the underworking of everything that God is doing um, throughout unreached people groups. It's you know it's that overall umbrella of, of just a beautiful thing of people praying to send out laborers, right? You guys had a chance to do that a couple of times over there. Um, as you can walk to that board and you picked up a card and you saw a name on there and you said, wow, there's one million or two million or 500 or, or a couple hundred thousand people that have no access to, to Christ. God, would you send somebody, please? You know, I can walk into Bethlehem or I can walk into every, every place, any church around here and hear the gospel on a weekly basis. Yeah, these people have no access. God, would you show compassion on these people? And would you send somebody? And sometimes when we pray and we ask that, God, would you send somebody? He's kind of pointing the finger at ourselves, right? And so we need to figure out what that means for us as well. Um, so what are some prayer initiatives that are maybe you guys are going through or have or some things that you guys are doing as a collective body here, something that's happening in your church? Or just some ideas that you can be more intentional with your prayer about unreached people groups and seeing laborers sent to that place. Bethlehem puts out like a ministry partner or global partner team prayer calendar. Prayer calendar? And a lot of our um, global partners are serving gifts. So I think that's an easy way to weekly come do that. How, how do they get access to that? Is that something that they sign up for and then it's sent to them? Um, or is it desk, just welcome e desk? Emailing mail.opengod.org you can get a copy. Okay. I think they even have like digital PDFs available too. I know that when we were in, in Oaxaca, Mexico, um, prayer was amazing. It was, you know, we had a, we had a Barnabas prayer team. Um, that was praying for us, you know, weekly and monthly and, and various times, and um, to pray for those partners that are overseas, um, 
just to know that there's people back here praying for the work that you're doing as you're working with Unreached People Group, it means the world. And they get a little email or something that says, hey, I pray for you. Um, just is, is a huge thing. So as you guys look at that prayer calendar, what an awesome opportunity for you guys to go, whoa, I, I should get on that. I should, every day I should at least pray for one of our missionaries. So Bethlehem has a lot, which is awesome. Um, you know, the, the pastor that you're going to meet this morning, Eric Hyde, used to be kind of in charge of Bethlehem's missionary track and in this, this cool program. So you're going to hear him preach this morning, but he's he had a heart to send out hundreds of laborers, and Bethlehem has been awesome at being able to do that. So. All right, other ideas? Um, I think there's opportunities to jump on other missionaries Barnabas teams. Too. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. It's a great, great. So we kind of put those in a couple of different places. So we'll put Barnabas teams. For the prayer side of it, then there's also a really awesome way that you can be a sender as a Barnabas team as well. So you can be praying for those teams and a specific missionary that you just want to pick, kind of adopt a missionary and say, hey, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of getting their updates, the, 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 not just the regular update that they send out every couple weeks or every month or every three months, but one that they're specifically sending every week to have a specific prayer for. I want to be on that team. And also, I want to send them well. I want to, you know, part of my prayer is commitment and involvement in sending money or you know, being able to give extra to them so that they can do the work that God has called them to do. Other parents as an app. So that's oh, really I'm glad you said that. Alright. So does everybody have one of these? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what these are? From State Farm. He's always ahead of the game. So there's this cool little app on here. Alright. And it's the people group of the day, all right? So today we have the Kerinci of Indonesia. There's 335 in the total population Islam. There is no Bible. Um, 335? 1,000. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I meant 335,000. Well, then it gives you a brief summary of who the people are, and then just prayer initiatives and outreach ideas and prayer for their followers, if there are any. Um, and it just kind of helps us to do that. So, um, Jake, since you already have it, would you, there's a little, also a little button on here that says, I've prayed today. And so you can hit that. And I'll say, 31 people so far have prayed for the currency. We want more than that praying for these people, right? So, Jake, would you just take a minute and pray for the currency people? Yeah. Holy Father, uh, we lift up the currency people in Indonesia to you today. Um, it's uh, hard to think that there's so many people out there who have no access to your word, no access to the gospel. Um, Father, I pray that um, there would be um, people equipped to go to reach these people in Indonesia. I pray that you would be at work there even now, um, preparing their hearts, um, softening their hearts for the gospel so that um, they'd be receptive to the good news that is Jesus Christ. And um, pray that not long from now there would be crazy people worshiping you um, in uh, truth 
uh, that we would be able to spend eternity with them. So, brothers, since you say, Amen. Amen. Pretty easy. Um, so we have the Joshua Project app. Um, the cool part of that is our staff here. Um, we set our, our alarms every day at 10 o'clock or 10.02, whichever one they prefer to do. Uh, but it goes off at 10 o'clock, so, and that's to pray Luke 10. And Luke 10 is basically, please, Lord, send laborers into the harvest field. The harvests are what? So we, we want to see people sent out to these people. So it's pretty cool to be able to do that. Set a little alarm on you so you can kind of do the Luke 10 prayer. Um, kind of coupled with that. Any other prayer initiatives that you guys can think of? Um, maybe after this weekend, something that maybe you learned from the cards over there, some way to pray, um, things that maybe you guys could begin to institute within, you know, campus outreach or, or whatever that looks like. <clears throat> A lot of us have friends here, which isn't um, mm-hmm. outside the country, um, but just for the friends that we have, um, or those we, who are even acquaintances um, from, especially different people groups, just pray for them. Yep, yep. So pray for existing relationships already that are UPG focused. You guys do any like prayer nights just UPG focused at all? Um, you know, what if we did one of our Thursdays and just made maybe an entire night of just unreached people where you know, we just all opened up our Joshua Project uh, apps and found a bunch of different people groups to pray through, um, different things like that. Anybody thoughts on doing something like that? To be no stuff in there. Pancakes and people groups. Some pancakes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Stuff in there. People groups and pancakes, like Monday night or something like that. Yeah. Beautiful groups. Beautiful groups. People groups and pancakes. Pancakes and people groups. Yeah. Does anybody like pancakes? No. All right, so you get pancakes, but then you get to pray for people groups. Pretty cool thing. Happening right on campus there. Any other ideas before we move into the next one, Cindy? All right. Emma, would you read sending for us, if you wouldn't mind? People who leverage their career, money, skills, and influence to send and support others engaged in cross-cultural ministry. Yeah, so as you guys are graduating, um, kind of moving into the next step of life, a lot of you, some of you are still in, in those roles, but you know, at least one of the parts of the things that I can do is find one of those missionaries that are sent out from... Bethlehem, or somebody that I know that's going overseas specifically to an unreached people group, and what if I stopped, you know, going to start, 
stopped going to Starbucks, you know, four times a week and went two and took the other two times and, and just donated that money to a team or a place or a person there. Um, so finding a, a missionary to support, right? Um, awesome ideas. There's there's hundreds of them that, that you guys sponsor. You find an area on the map that you like. You can find a, a team that's in that area. And what an awesome thing to join their support team. So join someone's support team. Anybody like getting care packages at all? From mom when you're at school and you get this package and you open it up and it's something that you may not want to afford yourself or you don't have access to because it's from your state or from whatever. Um, yeah, missionaries love getting packages sent from the United States that have um, things in them that we couldn't get, like Dr. Pepper. They did not have that in certain places, so we would drive four or five hours just to find a place that had. Um, there was a lot of different, you know, just amenities that we, we love and enjoy here that weren't there. Um, so sending, you know, getting a group together and each bringing a couple items that, you know, wow, you know, finding out about a team. So if you're on a team, a Barnabas team or a support team or finding out about a missionary and asking just a bunch of questions like, hey, when are your kids' birthdays? Um, we'd love to put together a couple packages and send to your kids, um, you know, for their birthday so that they get this cool package while they're there or different things like that. So just kind of care packages or different things, but finding out more about the people that the church is supporting, your group is supporting, you might be supporting and, and just following up with that. Um, do you guys, does anybody get newsletters of people, um, email newsletters of people that are um, uh, on the field? Has anybody ever replied to one of those? Anyone? That's what it felt like for me sometimes when we were in Mexico. Anyone? Anyone? Does anyone send out, my newsletter? <laughs> we, we send out 250, right? And, you know, you're like, all right, cool. We can send out this cool update about, you know, Maximino coming to know the Lord and all these kind of things. And, you know, you're hoping that somebody's just reading, hearing that, and praying, you know, that hopefully that he'll start to become a disciple really, really well. And there's no response at all. And you're only home once a year, so you come home, and they're like, you know, I hear it once a year, like, oh, that was a cool story about Maximino and different things like that. But how easy would it be for you guys to just take a two-sentence thing and just saying, oh, man, that's so cool, praying for him, praying for you. Uh, we love you guys. We're here for you. Let us know whatever you need. 30 seconds, you've sent out something, and you're supporting that person in a way that um, they need. They're in the trenches. They're working in very difficult, hard places. Learning language and culture is not easy. Trying to, you know, you guys, as we saw this weekend, it's really hard to, um, you know, contextualize the gospel in a way that doesn't take away from Christ, right? We don't ever want to take away from Jesus, but also give it to them in a way that they can hear it for the first time to know who Christ is. Very difficult. So, you know, um, yeah. So just cool ways of, of sending, and doing some of those things. All right. Any other ideas for sending? 
read welcoming. One who welcomes internationals into the culture by initiating relationships with them, showing hospitality, and sharing the love of Christ. Yep, pretty easy, right? You guys are welcoming really well yesterday. Welcoming is going to where people are at and inviting them into your lives, allowing them to be a part of who you are, and allowing them to see the gospel lived out in you. You guys watched in the Somali story. Right? Family just invited that the girl into their their just normal life. Invited her over and had her for dinner. They prayed with her, started to read the Bible with her. And because of that interaction of welcoming, she came to know the Lord, right? A pretty cool opportunity for you guys all on campuses, right? To find your international ministries, uh, to find out where unreached people groups are or who's coming to your campuses. Um, one of the largest um, communities right now that is coming to schools, the U of M, and I don't know about St. Thomas, but as Saudi Arabian students, they are from one of the most difficult places to enter into because you can't get into our country unless you have unless you're you know an oil and gas electrical engineer, chemical engineer, a project specialist to go over there and help them develop oil and gas situations. There's not much other ways that I can get into Saudi Arabia. So if a Saudi Arabia, Arabia student is coming here on campus, what if I befriended that person? What if I welcomed them into my life? What if I did those types of things to show them that, hey, we're not as crazy as, as what they think Christians are, right? We showed them and had our, our life rather. So what are some ways that you guys think that we, you can welcome through campus outreach, through international programs, through through other ways on your campuses. And as you guys are starting to get into the workforce, how can I begin to do that even more as well? Join the English club. English club? Okay. What is English club and how do they get involved? Um, at St. Thomas, it's just a club where um, foreign exchange students uh, practice English with each other, they're always looking for native speakers because it's gonna help them practice more. And they always wanna to talk to you about pretty much anything yep. as long as they can practice their English. Yep. This is a great way, great way of welcoming people. Um, here. Remember how we talked about, we begin to ask questions and we begin to care for these people. They're gonna to start to open up about their issues, their problems, their life, what's going on. And you get to pray for them. You get to be involved with them. What a great way to be able to do that. What are some other other things? I think going to the events that they host. Like I feel like they put up flyers to a lot of things around town. I just need one. International events. What are some of those that you know of? Or I feel like they have a lot of festivals. I don't. I know they have a lot of festivals. Festivals. Yeah. The words wrong. Yep. You go to one of the festivals that's from another nation or another country, you're going to learn, just like we went to the Somali market yesterday, you're going to learn about people, you're going to learn why this festival is important to them. You're going to start to see some of the values, right, of why their behavior is the way it is based on what you guys get to see there. So what a great way for you guys to go and, and go together and enjoy great food because a lot of times they'll be giving you free food there so that's not a bad thing right but free food and able to talk to people and, and kind of get engaged in different ways that way yeah, what are some other other things that are that you guys are aware of 
or ideas that you know of that you haven't done but maybe could do? Pursuing relationships that we made this weekend. Cause a lot of us had good conversations yep. yesterday at the Somali markets so and just going back yep. and um, opening up discussion again. Yeah. So expanding relationships in Somali market. Awesome. Especially those that are potentially coming from places that have never had favorable light of who a Christian is, who have never met a Christian before, that have a really bad kind of stereotype of who we are, right? Because they watch the news too, just like we do. <laughs> and the news we watch really paints them in a bad picture, and the news they watch really paints us in a bad picture. I think inviting them to do stuff with you is important too. Like, I live, my neighborhood is mostly Hispanic and like really low income people. And like, we have like barbecues and stuff, and I like can see them watching us, and I never like want to invite them when I'm trying to. Like, I feel like if they're right there, it's like, yeah. it's just not hard to do. Invite people into your life is, is the biggest, um, I think, sign of hospitality and welcoming that we can do. Um, you know. Most of these guys, internationals that are living on campus during holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter have to stay because they're from another country. So it's not easy for them to fly back or to do those types of things. But if you had them over to your Thanksgiving meal with your family, what if you had them over for Christmas and you got to share thankful, what I'm thankful for, how I'm thankful, why I'm thankful for things. This is the Christmas story. You know, hey, this is this is where our family tradition is when Christmas comes around. This is why we're so excited about the birth of who Christ is. What if we got to do Easter with, with them and, and just but then everyday life of, of welcoming them in to our homes, into our lives, into the places that we want. Um, and then you know, I think one of the coolest things that you guys can do, especially at the ages that you guys are at is you're going to have, you know, people that are from different cultures and you can begin to start learning about each other's foods, each other's cultures, each other's things. And so, hey, you know, I've never cooked Somali food before. Would you help me to learn how to do that? I love it. And so I would love to be able to learn how to cook that. Would you be able to just show and share me how to do that so that we can, you know, teach me what ingredients to buy, how to put it all together, all that. And what does that show to that person? Remember from Bafa Bafa, real openness and a trust, building trust with that person, and they're they're gonna be like, whoa, this person really does love me in a way that I've never seen somebody do that before. Awesome. Any others? Has anybody ever hosted an international student or roomed intentionally with an international student? I know that there are 
um, ways that you can at most campuses to sign up for um, to get an international roommate. So whether you're in the dorm or you can begin to, to do that off campus with apartments and different things like that. Um, what if you had a, a Muslim guy or girl that came and lived with you or somebody from a different country and uh, kind of had just however you want to call it with an exchange student or a, a roommate, but had them into your home and, and do those types of things. That'd be pretty cool. Who wants to read the mobilization definition for me? People who empower others with global vision, passion, and strategy, helping them get personally connected to finding their most strategic role in the Great Commission. Think you guys could talk to people about what we're talking about right now? What you guys learned Friday night? Do you think you guys could share a little bit of that story with somebody? Say, wow, you know, we learned about this awesome spread through the gospel from Genesis to Revelation. Let me tell you about it. Let me talk to you about that story. Now, how, how can we together be involved in God's global plan for what that means for our lives? How can we impart that to you know, the other campus outreach people that, that we're working with, that we're hanging out with, the small groups that we're doing, the different things that are happening in you know, TGC, how can we get more impassioned with that with each other? So what does it look like to mobilize? What are ways that you think that we could mobilize? We're going to give you t a couple tools in just a minute, more on the mobilization than anything. Um, just how can you share what you learned this week? What does that look like? And then who am I, who am I going to tell what, what I learned and what am I going to tell them about what I did? Cool. So what are some things of mobilization that you guys can think of? Take a friend through this book with you. Say, hey, I really want to go this, through this book with somebody. I'd love for you to read it with me. And every week we could meet, or a small group we could get together, people that haven't been through this weekend. And then you get to share what happened. Um, you know, when you're talking about God's word, you can share, uh, you know, when I was sitting through that session that night and heard, there was things I heard kind of for the first time. Maybe not all, all of you had the first time, but sometimes this is the first time we're awakened to the story in this way. So, man, this is just powerful to walk through, and I just want to go through it with somebody else because I want to continue to learn more on it, but I'd love to share it with somebody else. There's this mobilize guide that we also have for $5, but um, it just talks about steps of mobilization. How are we going to see every unreached people group reached, right? What is it going to take, right? That next step going, but how are we going to mobilize people to have an awareness of what's going on in the world today? Why there is a need for many, 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 many more missionaries that are heading to the 1040 window, working with unengaged and unreached people groups. Right? One in 10 people go to the 1040 window. Right? One in 10 missionaries. What if we could change that to nine in 10? That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? And how do we do that? It's just by mobilizing people and helping people <coughs> to do that. So we've got um, live life on purpose. Sorry, that's just my easy way of saying that. Um, there's a go mobilization. Any other tools that you guys can think of? 
a tool, but you can take your friends to all of the, like, well, if you're doing welcoming, take your friends with you to the parties and to the small parties. Bring your friends, right? Because you are intentional. reaching out to internationals, right? Okay. So, hey, I'm going to go to this festival you want to come with. We're going to eat amazing food. We're going to go talk to people and learn about the history of their culture. They're start to see some of those, those um, behaviors. And we get to kind of walk into what their values are and why they believe what they believe. Um, and hopefully that will help us to share more and more of the gospel with them. No, there's a lot of great ways that we can mobilize in that way, right? We're going to do something in just a second called the World Christian Diagram. This kind of helps you to tell a story of what your weekend was about and then help people to kind of be awakened to the story of what God's doing. Here, if no one is sent, how will these unreached people groups in the 1040 window, 3 billion people here without goers? Who wants to read that goer for me? Cross cultural worker that seeks to establish communities of indigenous believers within people groups where the church does not yet exist. That's, that's the end of the story, right? That's over here. When there is a church that exists in every single people group over here, Jesus is coming back. Is that a good thing? End of suffering as we know it, right? A pretty cool thing. To see people from all tribes, nations, tongues, peoples, worshiping the land together. Um, I'm sure Rick did it, but he's... I don't know if I could ever take my eyes off Jesus, but if I looked around, I'd see these people groups, right? I'd see Mixteco Indians, I'd see, you know, people that, I'd see Somalis, that maybe faces that you guys saw in the market, maybe Hindus that you saw at the temple that turned our life to Christ. Um, just because your spirit, the spirit that lives in you, went into those places and loved on people in a way that they've never been loved on before, right? So what does this look like to go intentionally to the unreached people groups? What are ways that they can get involved? Nick, with Bethlehem's nurture program. Yep. Yeah. So you guys have a nurture program, which is an awesome program. We've had a lot of friends, personal friends that have gone through it. Um, we have uh, about five or six people that have gone through Bethlehem Baptist to be sent out into the field. They've all gone through this nurture program, which has been life-changing for them at the beginning of what that looks like. But it's prepared them in a way that they were ready to get onto the field. We, we kind of have two, two tracks for those of you guys that are thinking about going that we, we developed out. Um, E-L-I, -L, uh, English Language International. Um, and that's a, just an opportunity for you guys that if you want to teach English in a cross-cultural context, and that's one one or two year commitments for that. Another option is, um, we call 
in debt repayment option. You go to South Korea and you're able to live very inexpensively and make pretty good money and, and pay off debt. We've had, I think, around 10 do the DLCI, and then um, a couple of you guys, probably know some people have done the, the South Korea exchange program. Um, so those are two kind of sh shorter term short-term options. So as you begin to kind of investigate and become involved in this, there's a goal that maybe um, I might not be there yet, but I'm moving in the direction. So these are great opportunities for you guys to be involved with. Even if you know, the thought maybe isn't, I'm not ready to go yet, but these things will get you prepared and ready to go to the field to, to do the things that God is calling us as a church to do that, to make disciples of all nations, and going to where they are, not just waiting for them to come to us, right? It's great that we can do this. Welcoming is a huge thing, but this is, this is the end goal of what God is calling us into as a church, and a lot of these are ways that get us to that place. Yep. I was going to offer a thought, too. I feel like um, because this isn't the last thing we're doing, I think this can be a, um, a longer discussion with your D group leader, with Peter and I, um, with our wives, Kelly, or Kelsey and Katie. So I would just encourage you guys to, to begin talking about it. I think it's also one of those things where don't, don't make it so far out where it's out of sight, out of mind. And you know, if you, if you think you guys are convinced and you're you're in one of these categories, or if you're curious, like think about what will be the next step to, to move forward in the process. I think that's a, that's a great thing for you guys just to begin dialoguing about today at lunch. You know, that's a great question for you guys to be asking at lunch today. And you know, we're, we're going to have a, the way over to church with, um, with the engaged global staff, and some of them will be at lunch today, so ask them too. These, these guys are great resources, great partners. And we're here local. And in the back of the book, there's this cool place that has all of our names and numbers and uh, email addresses. So we love getting emails, questions, different things. Uh, we'll be talking with Nick and dialoguing how he can help you guys. Can you guys just like talk about how, for example, why was not the blooms? How have the blooms kind of interacted with you guys? What, what's that process look like? Yeah, we met, we met the blooms uh, through perspectives class, and then. Uh, they uh, then spent about a year as volunteers with us, so went through uh, our volunteer training. We have monthly volunteer meetings, and then they would come on weekends at different times and hang out with teams, interact, whether it's going to dinner or maybe going to one of the temples or whatever, and just speaking with groups that have come through. And, and Hey, how's it going? What What are you learning this weekend? What's going on? It's just kind of mobilizing, yeah. uh, and so we kind of build into our volunteers, and our volunteers build into others. So, yeah. Um, yeah so our volunteers just kind of just kind of do life together here, and a lot of our volunteers are looking at going different places or trying to figure that out, and so we're just hanging out and doing life with them as we do ministry together, but also outside of this. Just yeah. So a lot of our volunteers meet with different staff and going at different times and those, those kinds of things. Yeah. So you guys saw Selena and New. Um, hopefully New is going to possibly be a volunteer with us. 
Uh, who else went yesterday? Did anybody go to the? We met Zoe yesterday. Zoe yesterday. They're heading heading somewhere into mm -hmm. Southeast Asia to work with Miao people mm -hmm. groups in the cluster. Uh, but come hang out with us. Come on a weekend. That's another way to continue to investigate. Guess what? You get to come on Friday and hear the story again, and get to get impassioned by that again. And then you get to you know take what you've learned already and pour it into the others like you guys that are here, um, just asking questions, hanging out, fellowshipping. Might be a Vietnamese sandwich in there for you. I don't know. Um, yeah, but if you're interested in being a volunteer, contact one of us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll especially because you're all local in some mm -hmm. way, shape, or form. Um, we don't have a commitment that you guys have to do at any volume, but we open it up and have a Facebook page and say, "Hey, this team's coming in this weekend," and we have phone teams so specifically to working with tribal Hindu, unreached, Chinese, Muslim, and Buddhist. We have certain teams that work in certain different areas. So if you have a passion in one of the Thumb People groups, you can come and be a part of one of those teams and be intentional about reaching out to those different areas. So that's a great way to mobilize, but also kind of welcome. A lot of that is welcoming. We're welcoming the people going out to the markets and you know, being a volunteer like Victoria is an internship, but you know, hey, take take a group of people to the Somali market on Saturday so that you can further those relationships that you're talking about. And it's just a, another way to kind of build that, that bridge, build relationship, deepens that trust so that, you know, when, when they're starting to question about the Quran or starting to question about Christians, guess what? You're going to be their resource. They're not going to talk to anybody else in their own community, right? Like we saw in the video, they're going to come and talk to you and they're going to say, hey, I have this question about Jesus. <coughs> Devon Church at the, the mosque. A bunch of our guys, one of our team's guys was in the mosque and they were talking for about an hour and a half with the imam and another guy. And there was another guy that was just kind of sitting over on the side. And as they concluded their, their conversation, this guy came up to our guys and said, hey, um, I've got a couple questions about Jesus. And some different things and I had a dream that I was supposed to come to the mocks tonight because there was going to be men that were going to teach me about the Bible. He's now in a discovery Bible study with somebody that works with our Somali people. Um, just, you know, you never know how God's going to do it, but cool stories of how God works through you guys volunteering here, through pouring into relationships. Um, but then as you're volunteering, um, you're finding a place for yourself to be so volunteering makes sense to me, but I feel like I need like five more years of experience before I'd ever go anywhere. Like, what's the age thing that most people are like ready? Like, I just feel like, like I'd love to, but I just feel like I don't know anything. And I, don't I wasn't ready when, I, when we went. Mm -hmm. Rick, were you ready? No. Not really. No. But I mean, yeah, I mean, talking about going long term. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk in this minute. Oh, okay. Yeah, some yeah. ideas and opportunities for you guys to get trained and raised yeah. up. Starting that process, but yeah, yeah, getting you trained and start taking steps towards that and getting you trained here. We've got partners and missionary training places. So yeah, as we look at this initiate stuff, um, in the green, there's a lot of really cool opportunities for you guys to, to learn what that training looks like. Um, and so, you know, talk to your parents. You guys are all at that age where parents are still a big part of some of your decisions, right? 
even though you're in college and looking at careers and different things, a huge thing to talk to your parents, right? Um, talk to your pastors, talk to Nick, talk to, you know, the team at Bethlehem, at, at those things, figure out, you know, is this something that I could do? Could I start the nurture program and start walking through that? And what that's going to do is give you a roadmap of how, what is it going to look like for my next two years as I prepare to go? What are things that I can put into my life that will help me to get to that place? Um, there's um, tons of vision trips overseas. We have tons of brochures. You guys saw them over there. Um, there's ways to, to just get information. So we have go to New York City for a while and work with the diaspora ministry to get prepared to go overseas long term. But you're going to be working with Muslims. You're going to be working with Buddhists. You're going to work with Hindus and do that. We have a, a beautiful, um, I think Kaylee came down. Maybe you met Kaylee. I'm not sure if you did or not. I don't think they did, but Kaylee is just back on break right now. Um, and so it's an opportunity to go and learn what it means to take a culture and break it down and find out, get down to the root of the values so that we can get to that place of being able to share the gospel in a way that's, that's meaningful to them. Um, OMF, who Rick served with in, in uh, Asia, um, you know, there's just opportunities to go for a short period of time, a long period of time. Frontiers works with Muslim people groups. Um, it's a way, there's connections here in town that we can get you connected with people from that organization that will help you in next steps. Um, we've got Cafe 1040, you guys are all college students. Take a summer off, it's a nine month program, but the three months are during the summer where you're in a, a 1040 window country working on breaking down the culture so that you can learn to share the gospel on you know, Something like that, Jenna, three months, it's to help you build confidence and competence that right. I could. So it's spending three months in the temporary room somewhere and just see what With people who, have, who are living there who will be able to help you, cultural helpers, people that know the language that will help you to bridge the gap and do a lot of different things. The people there are, are daring for 20-somethings to counsel and guide and African Inland Mission. We had a girl from our last team that's going to go spend um, an, a whole year with these guys learning how to do that right alongside other missionaries. Um, we have Pioneers that has this built pack, which is awesome. You just go for a short period of time or a long period of time, depending on that. Um, but we have access to a lot of these organizations, and so if you if you want to start to get to that place of, you know what, I'm not ready, but I'm willing to go, what steps should I take? Um, we'll help you find some people that can connect you to help you to get to that next place. Okay? Does that make sense? All right. Well, this is a really good um, just kind of overview of some of the things that you guys can do to think of next steps of how I can be involved or how I can investigate or how I can start to initiate steps. Whether I'm going to go or not, I might want to just start initiating steps to see if I, I want to do something like that. So on your card, what I want you to do right now is I want you to take two minutes. Um, we're pressed for time here. We want to get through one more thing with you. Um, write down a couple of these things that you'll take action steps with and write those down so that we can um, take those next steps so that Nick can follow up with you guys, all your D group leaders can follow up with you, can help you walk through the process of what that looks like of taking those next steps. 
then make sure you put your name on that. And then in that, if you're in, in that involvement box, um, there's those five habits that are there. Pick one that you want to major in and maybe one or two that you want to minor in to help. As you guys are passing your cards in, um, maybe just a couple people share what they think are, are some actionable steps that they can take to, to start getting involved in God's global plan for your life. I think I could pay attention to who I spend most of my time with. Mm -hmm. Like the kind of people I hang out with everything. Yeah. A couple more people share on next steps, guys. I'm going to just put a couple of things up here. All right, so um, if we look at that next page, what page is it for you guys? 38? All right. You're going to get asked, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Or, hey, did you have a good weekend? What do, you, what do we typically say? How was your trip? Fine. That was great. Okay. We have, you guys have a great opportunity to mobilize as you guys go with this, right? And so we want to give you a resource that you can use, but also just kind of coming up with a one-sentence thing. So as you guys are at lunch today, as you guys meet next Thursday or whatever that looks like, um, I want you guys to kind of practice like a one-sentence thing that I learned from this weekend um, that I can tell people, you know, wow, I, I, I had no idea. Um, that the, the story of the Bible was one thread all the way through, and it's about, it's always been about God's glory. It's always been about missions. It's always about all the people knowing what that means, right? So coming up with a phrase that you guys can just use to, to when you guys go back into groups and hanging out with others and people ask you, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, man, you know, I, I didn't know that there was so many Somali people here that there's 80,000 of them, and there's only 20 believers here in Minnesota. And it just broke my heart to hear that. Um, something that will hopefully engage them so that they can go from that, for that next place, right? So right below that, um, we're going to have you just kind of draw this diagram that I'm going to do. And it's just a way for you guys, another way for you guys to kind of explain what you learned this weekend in a pretty short way. In the back of the book, there's step-by-step -step to do, so don't go there yet. Um, but also on our, our resource page um, from uh, the traveling team, if you guys have heard of them before, they have this and somebody writes it out. But it's a really good tool just to kind of get people aware of what's happening. All right. So we learned about two kind of types of Christians this weekend, right? So we kind of looked at somebody who's just kind of enjoying his grace, right? right? And we started to learn what a world Christian meant by extending his glory, right? So we kind of have a couple of different people that we see, people that haven't been really awakened to his full story yet, and people that have been awakened to his story are now taking next steps to becoming a world Christian, right? Okay? So this person is kind of enjoying his grace. And this is a, an awakened Christian to the full story. One that wants to say, hey, I'm going to live right here. I'm going to be a part of this story, and I'm going to do what I can to make his name known amongst the nations. Right? So this weekend, I, I learned about three things, right? I learned about God's word. Okay? And then you can share, you know, wow. 
The Bible is one story from Genesis to Revelation. Right? It's one threaded story. And you can share a couple of verses that you you saw. Genesis 1.28. What was that? Can I remember? multiply, fill the earth, extend the glory of God, right? Genesis 11, 4 through 9, what is that story? It's the third rebellion, talking about the Tower of Babel, where God did what he intended at the beginning, right? He put all the people around the whole world, okay? The glory was there, but what was lacking? The knowledge of his glory in all places, right? Worshippers of all, all, all places, so that's what this whole story is about. It's bringing worshipers all around the world. Okay? And we've got Genesis 12, 1, and going forward. Who is that? Abraham. We heard about Abraham, right? He was blessed to be a blessing. He was blessed, right? To be a blessing. Okay? And we went into the New Testament a little bit. Matthew 28. Okay? 18, 19. We know what that is. That's a Greek commission, right? We diagrammed it. You can tell a little bit about that story of how you diagram a sentence, what that means, maybe what it meant to you. Um, and then we learned about Revelation 7, 9, 10. All right. The end of the story. We already know the conclusion, right? We already know what the picture is bringing us to. That jigsaw puzzle is showing us the total story of what God's glory looks like. And we learned about God's world. Okay. We learned about this thing. What's that? 1040 window. 1040 window. Okay. We learned about the thumb people. Who are the thumb people? Tribal, Hindu, unreligious, Muslim, Buddhist, right? And we got to go to the Hindu temple. You wouldn't believe it. I saw this little four-year-old boy laying prostrate to a false idol. It broke my heart. And I learned from Acts 17, Paul, that we need to have compassion for this person. Why? For two reasons. So that they would know who God is, right? To the full extent but that his name is being robbed of its glory by these idols. And we need to see those taken away, right? We learned that 95%, 95 to 97% of all people that have not heard the gospel, not people groups, but people live within this window. We learned that only one in 10 missionaries that are being sent out is going to that window. As share your personal stories of what that looks like. Okay? And we learned about God's work. We learned about the, the five habits, right? Praying, sending, welcoming, mobilizing, and going. Right? I learned that I have some actionable steps that I can take to go to the nations, right? I can do for that. Okay. I also found some 
pretty cool tools that I can use, right? Joshua Project. It's a pretty cool app that I can download. I can pray for unreached people groups of the day. I can do those different things. I can help people to, to have a better understanding of what it means to be unreached people, right? I'll, another tool is I could do Live Life on Purpose. I could do this book with somebody. And I'm going to be studying this book as you're sharing this with somebody. I'm going to study this. Would you join me? Would you? We're going to get a group together. <clears throat> we're going to do pancakes and get together or do whatever. We're going to have bacon fries and whatever. All that kind of stuff. Get together and we're going to read this book and we're going to kind of fellowship with... Um, there's also this Explore study. Um, you can get it here as well. This is just a little bit different book. Um, this is a shorter version of Live Life on Purpose, but it's a study guide um, and it helps you, gives you assignments to go out and to eat in an international market or a place together as a team and, and learn what you learn and go through that. Um, there are five bucks here. If you go to mobilization.org, you can get a free PDF. It's on our resource page, so just look for that. Um, you can get that free if you desire. Um, I know college students and money's rough and paying off debt, so if you want the paper copy, um, you can get it here for five, but if you want the, the e-copy, um, you can go through it that way. As you're talking to somebody, um, you know, you can kind of say, draw a line from here to here. Um, you know, maybe not before this weekend, but when I started to hear God's story for the first time, I got to see it played out in this way. You know, before I heard that, I was probably more on his extending his grace. But now I'm taking actionable steps that hopefully will bring me to being awakened and a true world Christian. That's the, that definition, right? Where we're intentionally, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, making sure that God's name is being glorified amongst all nations. Where are you? You know, where do you think you are in this? And have him mark a spot on there. Hey, would you, would you want to walk with me and go this way? Um, just partner with me. Um, come alongside me um, and, and just help us to get to that place and just do that kind of thing. My job now um, maybe is to, to take somebody who's over here and then begin to develop them to bring them into those awakened Christians. So I, I just want to help people to, to walk through God's word, God's world, God's work how we can get the nations reached within this. It'd be pretty cool if it was our lifetimes, right? I think if we look at it, there's a very strong possibility that that can happen. With the resources, different things that are happening, if we could awaken the church in a way that did that, it would be amazing. Um, we want to get you guys out of here. Um, we're going to be going to church in just a few minutes. Um, probably need to leave in about 7 or so minutes. It's about 10 to 15 minutes to get to church. It starts at 10. Um, so if anybody wants to purchase a book, you can come up here. It's 5 bucks. You can get it from me. Um, we'll do that. Otherwise, um, that's the end of the road for me, for you guys. Um, we've got a family party that I've got, so I'm not going to be with you guys at lunch. But Tom and Sandy will be with you guys at lunch. Um, if somebody in the back is my email, if somebody would let me know one of the next Thursdays that you guys are going to meet, I'd love to come and just hang out and see what you guys do, um, just as follow-up. So if somebody wouldn't mind passing off that information of where, when, how, um, I, I'd love to come hang out with you guys more. Um, 
play more games, play, have fun, play some spike ball, um, yeah. do whatever that looks like. Um, so have some fun. But for me, it's been a pleasure to have you guys here. Super excited for what God is going to do in and through this group in a way that's going to impact the kingdom in a great way. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at cominneapolis.org.